0: The preceding message is brought to you by Kings Word Everywhere Nigeria. Stay tuned after this message for more information about Kings Word Everywhere Nigeria. Glory be to God. Uh, God is good. All right, today is a special Sunday. Um, heartbeat is returning. Um, It's our first heartbeat session this week, and for those of you that may not know, it's a relationships and a marriage training program. It's for both singles and married people. Um, We've observed over time that a lot of pressure, a lot of challenges is being placed on people, whether they are single, about to get married, or whether they are married um, and we need to keep learning and relearning things that will help us at times like this. So I want to encourage everyone, we've been announcing this for a few weeks now, please make just plan to wait behind. It's just an extra hour and a half or thereabouts. I'm going to try to finish on time, so pray for me. <laughs> Hallelujah. So we can start. We've said this over and over again in church, Jesus said, Darkness will come upon the earth and gross darkness the people. And this is in every aspect of human life, um, including marriages. Including marriages. I mean, to the glory of God, we've been married 20 years now. It was 20 years. (laughs) Praise God. Only five of you are excited. Okay, it's all right. No, don't worry. That's not the point. But I said that to say this. You would think that after 20 years, you will have mastered everything about marriage and there are no challenges. I wish I could stand up here and tell you that. It's amazing. Some of the challenges we did not see in year five. I had a friend that used to say several years ago that if you have not yet done 10 years in marriage, you are not yet married. So you will always make fun. When when people people get to their 10th anniversary, you now shake their hands and hey. You are now really, really married. All the work you were doing for the first 10 years I was getting to know each other. And you will think after that kind of huddle, um, you still don't have to learn certain things or deal with certain that. That's not true. Different kinds of things happen for at different stages in marriage. And it's even before you get married. And you can deal with those things by just learning. Learning simple truths. I can tell you for a fact, it's certain things we learned and we are still learning that has helped us. You see any couple standing, any marriage standing, um, it's not luck. Yes, it is the grace of God. Everything rests on the grace of God. But it's also how you cooperate with that grace. And like we always say in church, learning is a vital part of that. Glory be to God. So I encourage you to to wait behind for that and just sow that seed and make that investment and you will continue to thrive and be victorious in your marriage in Jesus' name. Glory be to God. The whole purpose of the cross, the whole purpose why Jesus came and died on the cross is so that we can be victorious. Now, how you define victory matters. How you define victory matters. Because for some people, um, the definition of victory can... It, if I ask 10 people, here, yeah, how do you define victory? We'll probably get 10 different um, definitions. But victorious where scripture is concerned and where God is concerned, it ties into a very, very significant truth that we call the purpose of God. You see, that's really the best measure of victory. It's about you fulfilling, completing, and living a life that is aligned to the original purpose for which God defined your life. Why God created you. So, the way God measures victory and the way scriptures measures victory, it's a matter of this is, or this was God's original intention, and when you meet that intention, you are now victorious. Are you with me this morning? It's not an attainment in that sense. It's a, it's a process. And the more you walk aligned and in tune with that original purpose of God, the more victorious you are. You can't say, hey, now I'm married and I'm victorious, I've arrived, I'm victorious. Oh, now I'm making enough money or enough money that I need. I'm, I'm, I'm victorious or successful. Another word we can use here is successful. It goes way beyond that. Glory be to God. John 10 and 10. It's a scripture we're all familiar. Please put it up for me on the screen. Jesus said, the thief comes to steal, to kill, and to destroy. And the thief in that text, like you all know, is referring to the devil. And Satan has come right from the very beginning in the garden of Eden, and he attacked humanity. He saw what God was trying to do through man. God said, let us make man in our image and after our likeness. God had a purpose and still has a purpose for man, every human being. And God designed and created man to be like him. And God wants every human being to fulfill that purpose for which he created them on the face of the earth. But then the thief comes. It's a present continuous thing. It started right in the Garden of Eden to steal, to kill, and to destroy. To stop man from achieving the purpose for which God created him, so that man will not be successful or victorious. And Jesus said, I am come. And his coming culminated with him dying on the cross. I am come that they may have life and have it abundantly till it overflows. I came so that what the enemy intended to do in stopping man from living victoriously, I have come to put an end to it. The stealing, the killing, the destruction, I always say this, every time you read Bible and they mention one, two, two, three things like that, they stop because of space. Satan does more than stealing, killing, and destruction. But when you understand what the parameters of stealing, killing, and destruction are, entails, you can begin to have a picture of what Satan is coming at humanity, at coming at mankind, at attacking man. So that the purpose for which God created man will not be fulfilled. So that man will no longer be victorious or successful. And he has achieved that in the lives of many, many, many people. And he's still achieving that in the lives of many, many, many people today. But thanks be to God. Hallelujah. A way has now been made where man can now live victoriously. And that's what Jesus was declaring in John 10.10. Now that I have come... And that culminated with him dying on the cross. We can say it this way. Now that I have died on the cross, I have now made a way for man to be victorious. Can I hear a loud amen? Amen. Let me look at a neighbor this morning. You can be victorious in every area of your life. You can live life abundantly to the full till it overflows like Jesus has made possible for you. Every human being can do that. And everything hinges on what Christ did for us on the cross. Praise God. So 1 John chapter 5, verse 4 says, Whatever is born of God overcomes the world. Jesus said that in this world there will be tribulation. There will be challenges. There will be trouble. There will be darkness covering the earth. God, darkness, the people. But he said, Be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. I have now made a way for you to be overcomers. And anyone that is born of God that believes in what Jesus has done and walks in the freedom that Jesus has now provided, what it takes to overcome is now available unto you. Remember what we talked about last week, one of the things we mentioned last week, when Jesus came to the tomb of Lazarus and he looked at Mary and Martha, he told them, if you will believe, you will see the glory of God. If you will believe in me, if you believe in what I'm going to do, you will see the glory. And that's what the scripture is telling us here. Whatever is born of God overcomes the world and this is the victory that has overcome the world. Even our faith. This is how you are going to overcome the world. Based on what I have done, based on what I have finished, based on what I have provided, this is how you are going to be victorious. This is how you are going to be successful. By faith. Somebody shout, by faith. by faith. Look at verse 5 very carefully. First John 5, 5. Who is he that overcomes the world? But he that believes that Jesus is the Son of God. He's asking a rhetorical question here. And in the same vein, he's stating a fact. In other words, the moment someone chooses to believe that Jesus came and he died on the cross on our behalf and made a way for us to overcome everything the devil has done to stop us from being victorious. Mainly fulfilling the purpose for which God created our lives. The moment we have that belief in Jesus and what He did on the cross, if you will believe, you will see the glory. You now have the faith it takes to overcome in life. Hallelujah. And that's where we are. What happens after Easter? What should be the aftermath of Easter? It should be a life of victorious living for he that believes in the Son of God. It's a life of victorious living. Can somebody shout this morning, I live a life of victorious, I, I live life victoriously. Hallelujah. Declare I have a life that, that, that expresses victory. In every aspect of my life. Go with me to Hebrews chapter 12. I'm still laying foundation here. Hebrews 12. Therefore, we also, and what he's saying here is that in Hebrews chapter 11, he listed, we call it the hall of fame of faith. All the people that walked in victory by faith. He listed all of them in Hebrews chapter 12. And you're now saying, thereof also, we also, now referring to us, seeing that or since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, the people that have lived by faith, fulfilled their purpose by faith, walked in victory, lived successfully, they are now up in heaven, And they are like a cloud of witnesses watching over the rest of us that are still in the race. This is a very, very interesting kind of victory. listen to me very carefully because this is the crux of what I want to discuss. And this is what Hebrews chapter 12 is telling us here. It's not a victory of you will never have any challenge again. When you go on to heaven... Like this cloud of witnesses that is talking about in Hebrews chapter 12, you can now start living that kind of life. But like these people in Hebrews chapter 12 that were listed here, and they told us their stories and what they had to go through in Hebrews chapter 11, on this side of eternity, you have to learn to walk in that victory, and you do it by faith. It's not a victory that there will be no challenges. It's not a victory that there will be no problems. It's not a victory that there there won't be issues you have to deal with. It's a victory that you possess, and every time trouble shows up, challenges show up, issues show up, you stand against those challenges and you attack those challenges from the place of the victory that has been given you. Are you with me this morning? So he says, we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses. And he says, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily ensnares us. And let us run with endurance the race that has been set before us. Hallelujah. Run your race. Fulfill your own purpose. Live the life God created you to live victoriously. And understand that in the pursuit of that, there will be weights that are tied to you. So it's a victory where we have to deal with weights. There will be sin that tries so easily to ensnare you. What is the purpose? To stop you and to shut you down from living victoriously. That was what happened to Adam. And that's what has been happening to humanity right from the beginning in Genesis. The thief came to steal, to kill, and to destroy. But he says, we can now run the race that has been set before us with endurance. Hallelujah. Looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. He is the one that created or designed the faith we have. He is the one that gave us that faith. Romans chapter 12 talks about the fact that to each one of us that believes in Jesus, God has given to us the measure of faith. The faith you need to walk in victory has been deposited into your heart and into your life. Hallelujah. So he says we should look unto Jesus who for the joy that was said before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and he has now sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Praise God forevermore. So we keep our focus on Jesus. We keep our eyes on Jesus. We keep our gaze on Jesus. He is the source of our victory and it's a victory that we have to deal with weights, we have to deal with snares, we have to deal with tribulation, we have to deal with challenges even though we are victorious. And if we make the mistakes of being ensnared and being distracted and being confused by all the challenges that come at us, we may even come to a place where we forget that we are victorious. Can somebody shout out loud, I'm victorious. I'm victorious. And I walk, I walk in victory. And I live in victory. Live in victory. We are to live by focusing our gaze on Jesus, looking onto Jesus remembering Jesus, using Jesus as our example, as our mentor, as the, as the person to follow. And just like him, there were snares, there were weights, there were obstacles before him, but he endured all of them, including the cross. That was the ultimate challenge for him. And the same way he was victorious by defeating hell, seeing hell and the grave on the cross, and he's now living victoriously. You too can now walk in that kind of victory. Hallelujah. When we focus on him. Well, you, you feed your faith. Whatsoever is born of God overcomes the world. And this is the victory that overcomes the world. Even our faith. By our faith. And I want to zero in on that this morning. Hallelujah. Let me hear somebody shout again, I am victorious. I am victorious. We always say this in church, and it's so important to remember it. When you fight the fight of faith, which is the fight we are now fighting? Apostle Paul talked about that in 1 Timothy chapter 6. He says, fight the fight of faith. Lay hold on eternal life. What does it mean by fight of faith? It's from a place where you believe in what Jesus has done. You believe in what Jesus accomplished for you on Calvary. That means you are now victorious. That means you are no longer a sinner. That means you are now the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. That means you are not the sick trying to get healed. You are not the poor trying to get rich. You are not the defeated trying to be victorious. It means the opposite. You are the healed and the sin and the snares and the weights that are trying to attach themselves to you are trying to rob you of your health and your healing. The fight of faith understand of victories, even though I'm ensnared with all these challenges, I still believe in what Christ has finished for me on Calvary. So I'm declaring that I am the healed and I'm holding on by faith onto that healing. I'm declaring that I am blessed and not cursed. The grace of God abounds towards me. I have abundance and no lack. And yet, you don't seem to have enough to pay the next bill that is in front of you. But you are fighting that fight of it by holding on to what Christ has done for you. So, you fight from a place of victory. Glory be to God. Against the things that are coming against you. You fight from a place of victory. Am I making sense to somebody this morning? Say with me, I fight from a place of victory. Again, it's not a victory that I will not have any challenges or I will not have any issues. Even when you are doing successfully well on one level, to go to a higher level, has somebody been there before? It takes a fight. Glory be to God. Because there are just these things standing against you, blocking your view. And it's all designed to make you forget that you are victorious. So you fight from that place. I already have this one. Hallelujah. I'm already successful concerning this matter. I have been raised above this situation. I'm seated in heavenly places far above all these challenges. It may not look like that, it may not feel like that, but that's who I am. Somebody say that's who I am. am. Glory, glory be to God. Romans chapter 4. So how how do I how do I fight the fight of faith? How do I walk in victory? In a situation when I'm faced with difficult challenges, I love the teaching in Romans chapter 4. And I want us to look at it again this morning because this is the line by line template on how to do it. This is the steps to follow. Someone that is victorious, someone that is already an overcomer, someone that's already a champion. But now, things are standing against you, weights are there, snares are there, challenges are there. And the easiest option, perhaps, for you is to just walk away and say, you know what, I don't need to deal with that. Let me just turn my back against that, I don't need to deal with that. That was the story of Abraham in Romans chapter 4. And quickly, because of time, I'm going to start from verse 16. But let me just quickly give you a background. Please listen to this very very carefully because I believe this will apply to all of us on one level or the other. I always like to remind Christians that even if you are faced with one difficulty or challenge in one aspect of your life, this is amazing how the grace of God works. You can look at another aspect of your life and you can see that by the grace of God, you're already reigning in that area of your life. (laughs) glory be to God you see it's not like you have victory perhaps maybe your health you are one of these people that you don't seem to have any health challenges you look back at your life you've not you've never had to sleep in a hospital or gone to hospital for so many decades but then maybe perhaps there's a financial challenge there And what Satan wants you to think and to believe is that you are a failure where your finances are concerned. But that can't be true. Because if it was that you are a failure, as in that's who you are, that's your person, it's not only your finances that you will be experiencing failure, in your health as well, you will be experiencing failure. But here you are, You are victorious where your health is concerned. And can I make you remember this morning, you are not healthy in your own power. Talk to me, somebody. You are not healthy because you eat right. Or because you exercise right. Or because you are using the right medicine. Or because you have a good doctor, a good hospital. Please eat right. Please exercise. Please find a good doctor or a good hospital but i hope somebody understands that it's by the grace of god that we're enjoying good health hello you can take any other example whether it's your marriage whether it's your career everyone i've known in my life there is always one aspect of their life where i'm talking about christians now actually this even applies to practically every man being. there's a place where things seem to be going well for them that other people are not I was reading the news yesterday, and this even came to my mind that, you know, we human beings, God will help us. Pastor Leia, let me just say this publicly now. Please, let's put praying for the nation somewhere in our services. It should be specifically out. Like I was now thinking about it, hey, with the last two weeks now. Now that there's no election, we've stopped praying. There still needs to be a transition on May 29th. And even after May 29th, we'll be praying. I was just checking, just there was one African country, I can't remember the name, they are now bombing and fighting in that country now because people are fighting for power. And they were talking about the fact that they are throwing bombs and firing inside the capital city. And I was sitting in the capital city of, well, we are no longer capital city, but I was just, ah, God, I thank you. I just, I just admit that we, we thank God. It's not that we are lucky that the things that happen to other nations or to other people has somebody visited a hospital recently? Talk to me. You are privileged that you went to visit someone in just now that they came to visit you. <laughs> Hello, talk to me. You will see that there's an area that you, you have a testimony. You have victory. You are successful, reasonably speaking. Am I talking to somebody this morning? And for that aspect of your life, you should be thankful. You should not get to think that all these things is because of your own power. It's like what Moses was saying to the children of Israel. And remember when he told them in Deuteronomy chapter eight verse 18, "They had come out of Egypt. They had wandered around the wilderness 40 years. Some people had died. And Moses told them, you, this generation that eventually enters the promised land, when you get to the promised land, remember the Lord your God. It is he that gave you power to get wealth. Don't come and say my arm and my strength has brought me this victory. No, remember that it was God. Hallelujah. So there is, you can think about your life where you are now. Please hear me and hear me very well. There is an aspect where you, you look at yourself, you look at other people. I have a testimony here. And you probably have other areas of your life where it's not where you want it to be. You should understand that that area of your life where things are going good for you, that is the victory we are talking about. Hallelujah. That grace has brought for you. Now, even in that area where you're having victory, do you know it can be 10 times better? It can be 100 times better. If you know how to walk in it and what it takes. This is where Abraham was in this Romans chapter 4 story that the Bible was telling us. He had relative victory in practically every area of his life. He was financially sound. Military-wise, it was, I mean, he was, a com- he, he was going well. Even in the area of his life where he did not seem to have victory, having a son and an heir, between him and his wife, <laughs> please watch where I'm going now because this goes to what I'm talking about. When God says victory, it's not you having money or you having children or you having this that God is talking about. God is thinking about his purpose and his plan for your life. And when you are not walking in that thing, you are not really walking in victory. So Abraham and Sarah now had Ishmael. And I think on a natural level, they had come to a place where they were satisfied with Ishmael. But that wasn't God's plan. See, Abraham didn't have an ordinary life. And I have good news for somebody this morning. Look at me very carefully. You don't have an ordinary life. God has a plan for your life. Abraham, the way God designed his life, you are not just going to have any child from any woman, no. I, I, I want your life to be a type and a shadow of the relationship I'm going to have with my people. So I'm going to give you a special son. It's not going to be a natural birth son. It's going to be a miraculous son. Is Abraham didn't understand that. He didn't understand that. Sarah definitely did not understand that. Please, are you following me this morning? Because it's not even every area of your life where you think you are doing good. It doesn't mean you are victorious yet. Particularly if you are not doing it by faith. Hello. Hello. So after they had had Ishmael, and they were this place where, to a large extent, I think they were comfortable. God now came back. And God now reminded him of his promise. I told you I'm going to make your name great. I told you that through you I'm going to bless all the nations of the earth. And I'm going to give you a special, I said, and you'll be a father of nations. It's not true, Ishmael. In fact, the first time, if you read the story in Genesis, when God told him, Abraham said, ah, God, let Ishmael leave. We have tried. But God said no. And God wanted to demonstrate victory or success in the life of Abraham by giving him that miracle child, Isaac. Now, It took a while for God to convince them. They went through, we won't have time, if we have time, we'll have read Genesis 15, 16, 17. But they now got to this place where God told them, by this time next year, you're going to have a child. Remember the story when God said that Sarah laughed. How can we have a child at this age? God said, why, 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 why did Sarah laugh? Is there anything too hard for the Lord? Hallelujah. I want to announce to somebody here this morning, because of the finished work of Christ on the cross, there is nothing in your life that is beyond what God can do for you. Nothing. And God now started working on them. And Romans chapter 4, you won't read this one in the Old Testament, you see, this is the beautiful thing of the Bible. God downloaded everything to, to... Apostle Paul, and God told us in Romans chapter 4 how something that was available from the very beginning, from Genesis 12, God had told Abraham that God was going to make him a father of nations. This was towards the end of his life. Genesis 18, I believe, was when God visited them, and Genesis 21 was when they gave birth to Isaac. What transpired, spiritually speaking, Between Genesis 18 and Genesis 21. In a span of less than a year. What happened to Abraham and Sarah? Remember at that point, they were really victorious people. In fact, most people would ah, wow, Abraham. And I came to announce to someone this morning. What should be happening in your life? After the crosses, in every aspect of your life, where you are not yet walking in the fullness of the victory that Christ has obtained for you, you can now walk in it. Glory be to God. You can now succeed in that area. Ah, pastor, you don't know how often I've failed and how often I've tried. I have actually even given up. Abraham had given up. But God came and God taught him again. Quickly walk with me. Romans four sixteen. Therefore, you see the same thing that we read in Hebrews chapter 12, the same thing that we read in 1 John 5, for it is of faith that it might be according to grace, so that the promise might be sure to all the seed. If you could underline or note three powerful words there, faith, grace, promise. Like I've said over and over again, it always starts with the promise of God. What God has spoken to you, this is what I have done for you. I have saved you from sin. I have saved you from poverty. I have saved you from failure. This is my promise to you. And I did all those things to you based on my grace, the largesse of my heart. I didn't do it because you're a good person or a bad person. I did it because of who I am, by grace. You now need to believe faith. And I love it that this text says it's for all the seed. You see, this was the purpose that God designed for Abraham that perhaps at this point in Abraham's and Sarah's life, they didn't fully understand. Ah, we have Ishmael. If they had stayed with Ishmael, there would be no Romans 4.16. That's in 2023, you and I can learn from today. Well, there will be Romans 4.23. because God, will just have to find somebody else. But it won't be Abraham we are studying. Please let me tap in, neighbor. God has a plan for your life. And tell that neighbor, true victory, true success, is you walking in the fullness of that plan. And that's what God wanted to prove to Abraham. Ishmael is not enough. Because Ishmael is not the plan I have for you. The plan of victorious living, please hear me and hear me very well. It's not complicated. And even in an impossible, hopeless situation, hallelujah, you can still walk in victory. The plan of victorious living, it starts with the promises of God. Like Paul Peter said, according as his divine power has given unto us, all things that would do what pertain to life and godliness, that through these things what we may partake or be partakers of the divine life. It starts with a promise. Exceeding great and precious promises. And the promises are given to everyone. In fact, another word I want you to understand here, to all the seed. Faith, grace, all the seed. Promise. Everyone. Hallelujah. Somebody shout everyone. everyone. Shout it louder. Everyone. everyone. That includes me. Abraham had to start believing the promise. You see that in verse 17. As it is written, I have made you a father of many nations. He started meditating on that, confessing that. And God did so many things to Abraham to get him to this point. One of the most dramatic things God did for him was to change his name from Abraham to Abraham. So every time he spoke his name, every time he heard his name, every time he wrote his name, he will be reminded of the promise. Because the faith that bats victorious living for the people that have obtained victory by grace, it rests on the promise of God. We used to say this several years ago, no word, no faith, no promise, no faith. Hallelujah. So he he kept believing and declaring those promises. Look how God was described in Romans 1, 17. In the presence of him whom he believed, even God, who gives life to the dead. That's resurrection. That's Easter resurrection. He does what? He gives life to the dead. Can I encourage somebody this morning? Your dream is not dead your vision is not dead. Or we can say it this way, even if it looks as if it's dead, God can raise it back to life. Don't lose hope. We are going to come to hope in a moment. Don't lose hope. Because the person you are dealing with, the person that gave you his great, exceeding great and precious promises by grace. We are not giving these promises because we qualify for them. No, we are giving them because God loved us. He made us more than conquerors. Like we read this, through him that loved us. And that love is an expression of his grace. It's not like we deserve it. It's not like we qualify for it. It's not like we merit it. But the promise is given to us. And our journey of faith that will always end in victory starts from us embracing that promise. As it is written, by the stripes of Jesus I'm healed. That's your own now. I assume you are not planning to be the father of many nations. (laughs) But Abraham went everywhere. Father of many nations. And it helped him tremendously knowing that God gives life to the dead. And he calls those things which do not exist as though they are. Hallelujah. That is faith at work. That is why in the middle of sickness, lying on a hospital bed, somebody that understands what we are talking about today can still say, by the stripes of Jesus I'm healed. Calling things that be not as though they are. That means the person that seems to be the brokest financially, under the sound of my voice, he can still say, she can still say, if you choose to, By faith that the grace of God abounds towards me. I have all sufficiency in all things and I have abundance for every good work. Calling things that be not as though they are. You see, When he said he raised him from the dead and he raised us up together with him, please watch this very carefully, and made us to sit together with him in the heavenly places, the plan was that so that we too can start talking like him, start thinking like him, start believing like him. Are you still here this morning? Verse 18, step by step, how do I go from a promise? Because that's where it starts from, to victory. How did Abraham and Sarah go from a divine visitation in Genesis 18 to manifestation in Genesis 21? The line by line, precept after precept, was taught us in Romans chapter 4. Because like they are. You see, that's why the Bible says you should follow the faith of Abraham. We are the seed of Abraham today. Just like this was given to them by grace, whatever has been given to you was given to you by grace. Can I hear a loud amen? amen. And it was given to you, listen to me very carefully, so that you can be victorious. Hallelujah. So verse 18 says who contrary to hope in hope believed so that he became the father of many nations again according to what was spoken so shall your seed be so even though he was faced with a hopeless situation can i quickly encourage somebody again this morning i don't know what you are dealing with whether it's in your health it's in your marriage spiritually it looks hopeless this is what to do Don't embrace the hopelessness. We must have said that a thousand times in the last few weeks. Are you talking to me, somebody? Like Abraham, choose to embrace the hope in God's promise. Abraham could have said, and I can guarantee you, there were not many hundred-year-old people in his generation that did what he did. I'm already a hundred years old. My wife is 90 years old. It is hopeless. In any case, we have Ishmael. Let's say two, but this is the problem. Ishmael is not the plan of God for your life. To practically everybody, Ishmael was victory, but it was failure. Yes, naturally speaking, they have a son, and that son has the seed of Abraham. We could have, but that wasn't the plan. Oh, hallelujah. Verse 19, I need to close. And be not weak in faith. That's where you need to get to. Don't be weak in faith. Strengthen your faith. Talk to me, somebody. Hmm? Strengthen what? How? Follow these steps. The promise of God will feed your faith hope from the promise of God will do what? Feed your faith. Choose to believe. If you will believe, you will do what? I can't hear you. If you believe, you will do what? If you believe, you will do what? See the glory. Mary and Martha, hear me. Kingsword, hear me. If you will believe, Abraham, If you will believe the promise I gave you, that you will be father of nations. I know you are now a hundred years old. But if you can at a hundred, choose to believe. Somebody shout, I choose to believe. Oh, you can shout louder than that. Shout it louder. I what? I choose to believe. He what? He strengthened his faith. Look at the third way they said it, they say he did not consider his own body already dead since it was about 100 years old. So there's something that weakens your faith. There's something that strengthens your faith. All the negative circumstances and the negative story, they will do what weaken your faith. If you focus on I'm a 100, if you focus on my wife is 90, your faith will not be charged. Can you help a neighbor this morning and tell them your faith needs to be charged for victorious living? Uh, If that neighbor is not interested, turn to another neighbor. Say, your faith needs to be charged for victorious living. You can live victoriously, but you can only do it by faith. And your faith will only work if it is charged. And you charge your faith by focusing on God's promise, not your situation and circumstances. If you understand me this morning, shout aloud, amen. amen. He did not consider his own body already dead since it was about 100 years old. He did not consider the deadness of Sarah's womb that they had lived with all their marital years. Ah, Pastor, I've had this problem for 40 years. That does not negate the promise of God. Pastor, this has been in my family since my grandfather's time. That does not negate the promise of God. Stop focusing on the fact that the issue has been in your family for three generations. Focus on so shall your seed be. If you keep telling yourself it has been in our family for three generations, your faith will be weak. Not that you don't have faith. Though. Remember the measure of faith has been given to you. No devil will rob you of your victory in Jesus' name. Verse 20, and I'm beginning to close. He did not waver at the promise of God through unbelief, but he strengthened his faith. So he strengthened his faith by believing in God's promise, he strengthened his faith by feeding his hope from God's promise. He strengthened his faith. All these things were strengthening his faith. He strengthened his faith by not focusing on the situation and circumstances. He strengthened his faith by giving glory to God. We dance on an empty grave. We dance on an empty grave. You have overcome. So I have overcome. You give glory to God. Give glory to God. I don't know the song Abraham sang. I don't think it was. with dance on an empty grave. But he gave glory to God. <laughs> Hallelujah. He gave glory to God. So this is how you move. When God came to Abraham and said, I'm going to give you the son I promised you. Abraham's response was unbelief. Let Ishmael live before you. Because he could not see. How is it going to happen? I'm almost 100. My wife is 90. And he moved from there, unbelief, to he got to this place where he was strong in faith. He got to a place where he could not see it not happening. I love what the Bible told us about Abraham when God told him to sacrifice Isaac. This was tens of years after Isaac was now a teenager. And Hebrews chapter 11 explained to us how Abraham's faith had become so strong. He got to a point where he was, because he knew God told him to sacrifice the boy, But he was convinced that if I kill this boy, and I'm going to kill this boy. I'm going to kill this boy because God said I should kill this boy. But if I kill him, God will raise him up again from the dead. Because this is the seed God told me will be my heir. He was so convinced that this is my seed. Even if I kill him, God will resurrect him again. How do you move from there to when God first told you, Ah, you know what? You are going to, I'm going to use you as a mighty businessman. You are going to have 20,000 employees all over the nations of the earth. And here you are, you are just going to youth service camp. Imagine God give you that kind of vision. I didn't want to use apostle. I think we are tired of hearing apostle prophecy. Maybe not we are tired, but let's just use another difference. This is it. Do you know when God came to you at any way, and said you are going to be a business, a huge business roommate, and he gave you that vision? I don't know who I'm talking to. Do you know you had the victory at that point in time? Hello, somebody. When did you get the victory, somebody? Let me give you a simple quiz. When did you get the victory? Talk to me. On the cross. It was provided when Jesus died on the cross. It came alive in your life when you believed. (laughs) Praise God. And when you got that promise, whatever the promise is, whether it's to be a great apostle or a great businessman, it came alive. But perhaps your faith was still weak. Ah, NYSC, how much did you pay NYSE now? 10K a month. If you keep considering that 10K or 18K, it will weaken your faith. Hallelujah. Verse 21. I'm being fully convinced that what God had promised God was also able to perform it. How many of us would love to be there? Fully convinced that what God has promised you, the healing God has promised you. I'm not saying how many of you are there because it's possible you are not yet there. See, this is not do you believe that God can heal you. I probably doubt if there's anybody here that does not believe that. But that's not what it takes to walk in victory. Is fully convinced. That's my challenge to somebody this morning. Are you fully convinced that what God has promised, he is able to perform? You see, if you are not fully convinced, the sin and the weight that the devil will throw at you, the stealing, the killing, and the destruction that he came to attack Adam with, what Adam failed to do in the garden, Abraham was able to do in Genesis 18 to 21. And this is the key. That verse 21, 22, he became fully convinced. I said something when I said to you victorious living is a what? Process. Verse 22. I will close with verse 23. <laughs> and therefore it was accounted to him for righteousness. But watch what verse 23 says. Now it was not written... This, this is why I took you line by line this teaching. It was not written for his sake alone, that it, will be, it was imputed to him, but also for how many people? 24. How many of us? It shall be imputed. Who believe? Can somebody shout, I believe"? I believe? Now, watch this imputation of righteousness here. This is not the free gift of righteousness that he's talking about here. Please, catch this. I don't have too much time. Because that one comes freely. This is something that you grow into. Hello? It's not the free gift of righteousness that the moment you get born again, you have it. That's not what he's talking about here. Are you understanding what I'm saying? Because he said this was... If you read earlier in the chapter, Abraham already had that free gift of righteousness. The moment he believed when God said, leave your father's house. If you read this... I don't have the time. If you just the earlier chap, the moment he believed, God counted him as righteous. But there's something else here. There was a level of victorious living that he attained to. Am I talking to somebody this morning? Because he walked through this process, and God told me this morning I should announce over the church. That will be your testimony in the name of Jesus. Today, I came to encourage you, live by faith. As outlined in this text, live by faith. Ah, pastor, I've made some mistakes. Get back on the journey. Hello, all of us have made mistakes. Talk to me, somebody. Even Abraham, we are learning from he made several mistakes. But I came to encourage you, there's something glorious. Hallelujah. Awaiting you at the end of the journey. If you will believe you will see what the glory of god the victory that god has for you aligned to his purpose for your life let me tell you the simple truth i has not seen it ear has not heard it it has not entered the hearts of men but child of god hear me and hear me well very, this, very well this morning god has prepared it for you See, when Abraham was taking this journey from Romans 4, 16 to 22, he could never have imagined that in 2023, one pastor in Africa, and you know if I'm preaching it to the only God knows how many other pastors that are preaching Romans chapter 4 today, <laughs> will be preaching to generations that he could never have imagined. See, this is glory. But he just believed God. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to believe God. Tap in A, this point, i this man. and say, I'm going to believe God. And I'm going to live by faith. Because victorious living. I can hear you say successful living. And the glory of God is awaiting me at the end of my journey. Rise on your feet. Lift your hands to heaven. Can somebody lift their hands? Just lift your hands to God. And surrender yourself to him one more time. And I invite you this morning, if you can, lift your hands. Don't just hear that instruction and let it pass you by as if you're not the one I'm talking to. Lift your hands to God and surrender yourself to God. And I invite you to make a fresh commitment to live by faith like you have never done before. Perhaps you have forgotten you are called to victorious living. Perhaps you have been defeated so many times in one area or the other of your life. You have given up like Abraham. (laughs) You are telling God, oh, let Ishmael live in your sight. You have organized something that men can do to take the place of the glory that God has ordained for you. So you are living with an Ishmael now. So you are not under any kind of pressure. So it appears to people that you are successful, but somewhere in your heart of hearts, you can hear the spirit of God this morning. No, this is not it. You are living with an Ishmael. While all the time I had planned an Isaac for you, lift your hands to God and tell him, Lord, I surrender to you. And I choose faith over fear. I choose hope over hopelessness. I choose victory over failure. I choose success over shame. I choose your promise over the lie of the enemy over the negativity of my situation and circumstances hear me and hear me well child of God nobody can do this thing for you lift your hands to heaven talk to God this wasn't written just for Abraham in fact it wasn't written for Abraham Abraham had lived it it was written for you in 2023 hear what the Lord is saying now that Jesus has died for you on the cross you can live in victory You can live in victory. You can live in victory. You can live in victory. You can walk in victory. You can taste victory. You can enjoy victory. You can abound in victory. In any and every area of your life, is anything too hard for the Lord? What you are calling a mountain, God is calling a molehill. What you are calling a problem, God cannot even see it. Lift your hands to him, surrender your heart to him and make that choice to live by faith as you have been taught this morning. Live by faith. Whatsoever is born of God overcomes the world and is victorious by faith. And this is how to live by faith, line by line, stated in Romans four sixteen to 23. You can live it, you can learn one verse after another. One step after another, one move of faith after another, you can grow in your faith. Like Abraham, you can start from unbelief. God let Ishmael live in your sight, and if you will grow in faith, you will arrive at fully convinced that what God had promised he is able to deliver. Ha! That's where you are going. If you will just make that choice this morning. Take a minute and just talk to God. Talk to Him. Talk to Him. Surrender to Him. H O P Please help me with this simple song. Keep praying, Church. I surrender all. I surrender all. All to Jesus. I surrender. I want us to sing that a few times this morning. Don't let any sin or any weight or any lie or any trick or any stealing, killing, or destruction of the enemy, any deceit of the enemy rob you from the glory that God has ordained for you. We are surrendered with so great a cloud of witnesses, including Abraham, sharing us on. You can live by faith. You can obtain the victory you can live victoriously jesus has made a way where there seemed to be no way jesus has paid the price for you he has opened the door for you he has torn the veil for you he has brought you into the heavenly of heavenlies but you need to make a choice for yourself this morning come on let's sing it together everybody